Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Jacqueline, who is a family nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working full-time as a hospice nurse practitioner. She started an acute care practice about two years ago, focusing on mildly urgent health care needs. She's needing assistance with expanding her service lines and is interested in providing men's health services under a DBA to expand her practice and increase revenue. Hey, Jacqueline, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. Thanks for hopping on here. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. Bring us up to speed with where you're at. So I've been a nurse practitioner since 2014. I'm a family nurse practitioner working full-time in hospice and palliative care. And I do have a small part-time business that is non-urgent needs, kind of things you would go to minute clinic for, putting out fires, so to speak. And it's it's really kind of not been doing well. Now, I haven't been as aggressive with advertising as I need to, but I have done some. And I'm blessed to have a good place where I can go at a pharmacy and, and borrow an office room if I need it. I can do front porch. I can do telehealth, but it's just not off the ground. So I really want to add men's health and see if that's a better fit for me and for this community. Gotcha. Okay. So tell us about this business that you started. So it's just more like a little convenience care kind of a thing. I mean, how's business been? You've been open for a couple of years now, so. Yep. And it's not doing good at all. Not doing good. Not yeah. at all. No. Yeah. You know, these little minute clinic kind of a things, I mean, they, uh, especially cash pay, they don't really work out that well. I haven't and heard. I do accept, I do accept Medicare and I have to because I accept Medicare at my current position. So I can't really right. opt out. And, and I've mostly been seeing older patients. I, this was supposed to be something that would be kind of for the thirties, forties, fifty generations. And, and I'm not seeing those folks. Right, right, right. You know, if you accepted all major healthcare insurances and that kind of a thing, you probably would be a little busier. But you know, it being cash pay, these little sick visit kind of things just really don't. Uh, they just they just don't work out well. The big thing that you need to remember about it is is that when you're doing sick visits, it's a one time transaction with the patient. Right. Right. You only see them one time. They pay you. They leave. You might never never see them again. You know what I mean? Or maybe just once a year for strep throat or whatever. You know, there's no recurring income with it. And so it's very hard to build a profitable practice doing that because unless you're seeing 20, 30, 40 patients a day, 
then it's pretty profitable, right? But that would require right. actual like urgent care building and taking insurance and that kind of a thing. So with a cash-based model, you want to do things that are a little bit more recurrent. You know what I mean? Like you want the patient coming back month to month, paying you every month. You know, they basically are going to be a long-term patient, right? So I think uh, expanding into men's health is probably a good idea because that's how it is. Like once a man gets on testosterone and starts feeling better and that kind of a thing, I mean, they're going to be a patient for life. So that means you have recurrent income, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, yeah, so I think it's a good idea. Well, let me ask you then, are you wanting to keep this acute care kind of a thing or are you just wanting to start? You know, I'm going to do it as a DBA because that's easier. But if it comes up off the ground, like I would like for it to, then I will probably phase out the other. The convenience care stuff. You'll just phase that out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea. I mean, if you've given it two years and it's just not really getting a whole lot of traction, you know, sometimes you just got to count your losses and move on. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, I mean, if you already have an LLC and that kind of a thing, then yeah, you know, you can just do a DBA for the men's health. There's really no need to form another LLC if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't want to. So, is the name of your LLC kind of generic? Uh, Front Porch Wellness. So. Yeah. Okay. And so, it's, are you? It's not anything. I've heard you talk before about kind of rolling the name. You know, kind of having a synonymous name. That's not really going to work. So I come up with a couple of names, just kind of basic optimal male and that kind of right, thing. right 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 so i mean if uh you know front porch wellness llc i mean yeah you can you, you know you, you can operate under a dba under that so that way you can keep the same you know business checking accounts and you know all that kind of stuff just you know, right make your life simple yeah so that's fine so you're doing this house call mobile telemedicine tell me about that well that was the original plan for the community care what i hope to do for the men's health is to see patients initially and you know here's where i guess i'll be learning this from your class but um, see patients initially at the pharmacy office and then provide telehealth care for follow-up follow and see them. Yeah. How, how often I need to see them, I don't know. Right. Another question I have, kind of a strange question, but I do need to know this. Um, there's plenty of staff at the pharmacy and it may be where I can just kind of sub out and get some help. But if I'm having to do like actual physical exams and this kind of thing, I need to know that because I want to see if I can borrow his people when I'm there to step in a room rather than hiring out a brand new random employee to just show up after work this day and that day, you know, people aren't really interested in full-time jobs right now, let alone something like that. So, okay. So you're going to be subleasing a little room in a pharmacy, which is, which is just fine for a men's health practice mm -hmm. that you don't really need much more. That's why I love men's health. It's such a simple model and it's profitable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the course is going to go through, you know, the men's health course, you know, once you take that and go through it, it'll guide you through the clinical follow-up and, you know, how to actually do everything. Okay, so once you take the course, okay. you have a bunch of questions answered. All right. But yes, your line of thinking is correct. You can do, you know, the first visit in person and then you can just do all the follow ups via telemed if you want. That's what I do. Okay, gotcha. so I see the patient first in person, mostly because I just like to shake their hand and I like to do an exam. And I like to just, you know, I like to meet the guy. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You can see them initially via telemedicine right now. You know, we're recording this towards the, uh, the end of 2022. And the regulations that were put in place by the DEA, you know, stating that you have to see patients at least one time in person before issuing a controlled substance prescription, you know, that was lifted during COVID. And I mean, for the foreseeable future, it's probably going to remain lifted. I don't think that uh, they're going to go back on that, but you know, you never know. So if you set it up the right way, you know, you don't have to really worry about it. If you see them one time in person, you do all the faults via telephone call. Okay. That's what I do. I say I probably see 95% of my patients from a phone call for follow-up anymore. I mean, there's just no point in coming in. It's simple. Like why come in and sit there for 30 minutes? It's, it's not necessary. I mean, a lot of times these follow-ups are 10 minutes. It's simple. Right. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah. So you can definitely do that. Now, in terms of a physical exam and having someone, you know, having someone come in and, uh, you know, be in the room with you during the physical exam, it's really not necessary. You know, you're probably not going to be doing prostate exams or testicular. Okay. That was my question. So yeah, yeah, if I don't have to do anything, then I don't need that. You really don't need to unless there's, you know, an issue prompting you to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but typically you don't need to do it because it just doesn't add that much value to the practice. It just doesn't. It's not necessary. Okay. Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, why would you palpate a thirty-year-old's prostate? I mean, why a PSA sufficient? Yeah. So I don't think I would worry too much about that. What you're going to need help with, though, are you know, answering phone calls and filling prescriptions and just doing a lot of like more or less clerical administrative kind of work. Okay. That's what you're really getting help with. I do have a separate telephone and line and all that I purchased for this business. So I do have a separate phone. I keep it with me. Okay. So I can, you know, unless it gets really, really busy, I can kind of handle that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Start. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. You could do it yourself for a while. I mean, I did. I answered the phone. My practices for the first, you know, six to 12 months. I mean, that's just part of growing it, you know? So mm-hmm. if you have the availability, you know, you being a hospital service practitioner, I'm sure you're driving around a lot. I'm sure you probably have a lot of availability during the day to answer the phone yourself. That's not a problem. So you could probably get away with doing this without an employee for a little while. Okay. Okay. So, um, I mean, it's a very lean business. It's very low expense and high profit margin. So I think you'll really enjoy it. I think you'll really get a lot of, uh, a lot of revenue out of it. I think you'll see a big change compared to the acute care kind of thing that you were doing. You're going to be like, wow, this is, this mm-hmm. is, this is great. I'm making a lot of money. And it's fairly simple. It's fairly low liability. It's pretty easy. So, um, well, not only that, coming from I've done hospice and palliative for almost seven years. You know, you help people in a sense, but you don't ever really make anyone better. And that well, sure that can that brings you down. You know, so it's kind of nice to think about. Wow, I'm actually going to help people improve their lives. Right. So I'm looking for yeah. that. Absolutely. I mean, right. Someone's hospice. I mean, it's kind of the it's it's the end. You know. Yes. Um, I mean, she you know, help them feel better and that kind of a thing. I mean, you're still doing something great, but it's fantastic. I mean, you get patients better. Like you see lab work, you know what I mean? Like you see their lipids improve. You see their A1Cs improve. You see their testosterone levels, like the actual labs, you see the numbers increase. And then you hear from the patients, you know, my erectile dysfunction is gone. You know, my libido is back. I have energy again. Like it's very fulfilling. So yeah, yeah. I think you'll enjoy that too. But employees, though, um, I say, uh, you know, just cross cross that bridge when you, you know, when it comes, you might be able to have like maybe one of the pharmacy employees, you know, maybe help you a little bit here and there, but I don't think you're going to need all that much help. Right. Yeah. So I do have one question for you. Um, I wrote this down to remember to ask you about this. So keeping in mind, this guy is my friend. I've known him since I was a teenager. He's not charging me to use this office at this point. And he, I don't think he has really any intention to. Perfect. So part of the profitability that I hear you talk about is the markup on the sildalafil. However, he's the pharmacist there. So I'm not going to be providing that. I'm going to be, you know, sending them around the corner and letting him fill that. So how much of the profitability is that going to take away from what I'm doing? Because I, I just kind of feel like that is the right thing to do. Because he's being kind to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to do, you know. I mean, you know, the Tadalafil, the Sildenafil, you know, the Cialis Viagra, it's an additional revenue source. It's not the primary revenue source at a men's health practice, okay? The primary revenue source is the testosterone. That and the monthly subscription that they're paying you for. You know, they're paying you monthly and included in that's going to be, you know, you're the visits, the supplies, and the testosterone. That's the base level that practically every single patient is going to be, you know, be getting. 
the okay. tadalafil and the sildenafil are mostly just add-ons and you know only 10 to 20 percent of the patients will actually get that through you so don't worry too much about that i would estimate at my men's health practice we probably make uh you know maybe two thousand two to three thousand dollars a month off to uh tadalafil and sildenafil out of you know eighty thousand dollars a month in revenue wow. so it's just it's just wow. a small it's a small fraction yeah yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's great. It's, it's a great, it's a great little business. Nice, nice side biz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's a side hustle and I'm, we're making 80,000 a month, you know, right. I mean, that's revenue. That's not profit, you know, but, uh, Correct. but the profit margins are pretty solid though. You should be looking at anywhere between 40 to 60% margin. If you All do right. it right. If you follow the model, you know, talk about the course, you know, you charge appropriately. You keep your expenses as low as possible, operate a lean business, and you should be good. And I have a lady who wants to help me with the advertising. She does really know what you call it, but basically <laughs> she takes a certain area and does like an online analysis of the age group and the needs of that, you know, and she, she makes sure that we're advertising in the right area, basically, and she can fine tune that in the surrounding counties and all that. So she's going to help me with that part. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, perfect. You know, awesome. Is that pretty much all the marketing you're going to do for a little while? Besides word of mouth through the pharmacist himself, because I did check with him when I first started thinking about this and said, well, how many questions are you getting about men's health? And he said, he said like 40 to 50% of the men coming in there are asking about this kind of thing. So that's, that's pretty okay. good. That's a lot uh, of interest. A hundred percent. You're going to get a lot of patients from that alone. You know, marketing should be the number one function of any business. As the business owner, in my opinion, I feel like it's a good thing to know and to know how to do because it's the number one function of a business. Therefore, the business owner should understand how to do it on a basic level. Okay. And, you know, it being the number one function of your business, by that, I mean, you have to drive business into your business. You know what I mean? Like right. the volume has to be there. Patients coming in, paying, like that's what's important. And so that's your, that's your job as a business owner is to focus on what drives sales. Okay. And marketing does that. Word of mouth is marketing. It's part of it. Okay. This pharmacist is almost like a influencer in terms of your marketing goes. Like he is basically, he, he's a referral source, right? So that's another arm of your marketing plan. And then this, uh, this girl's going to help you out. That's another arm of it. These are all cheap and, you know, essentially free. So I would really, really try to focus on that, develop those relationships and make sure that it's actually working. If it is, you might not have to spend much money on marketing at all. I mean, once word of mouth starts snowballing, um, you really don't have to do much. I did look around. I mean, most people that are having these kinds of needs, you know, unless they're getting it from their primary care, um, they're having to go at least about 40 minutes up the road for anybody specializing in this. There's just nobody right here in this community doing it. So I think that's kind of a oh. bonus. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You, you're, you're sitting on a gold mine here. I mean, there's no one else doing it. You're going to do very well. I, I guarantee you will. Yeah, I just don't see how you couldn't. All right. I hope everyone's enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank everyone listening and also give a big thank you to all of my social media followers and email subscribers. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our email list at www.leadnp.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Email subscribers will receive updates on new weekly podcast episodes, multiple weekly articles we publish, new courses, and everything else related to helping you succeed. Remember, all elite nurse practitioner courses are designed to help you build a niche practice, increase your financial strength, and to break free from the rat race. 
If I can break free and then other countless nurse practitioners can break free, then so can you. Additionally, please share this podcast with your other nurse practitioners, sisters, and brothers out there. The more NPs that venture out on their own, the stronger our profession will become. Now, let's get back to the episode. So what I'm thinking from a marketing standpoint here is, is that do these three things because it's basically, you know, it's extremely cheap. And then uh, make sure you have a Google business listing. Okay. It's critically important. So you definitely want one of those. You want to be able to be found easily. Okay. So make yourself as easily found as possible. And really that's by having a good quality website and having a Google business listing. Don't skip out on that, okay? Your website is part of your marketing strategy. You have to have a good website. I have a great website currently, and I've already reached out to my website designer and told him, look, I need a, I, I need like a link, like a button, you know? And he's like, well, show me, send me an example. I don't really know what to send him. I'm like, well, for now, we're not redoing the whole website. I need people to be able to go to that and pull up the men's house that we need to talk about how it's going to be. But he's, he's willing to do that, and uh, hopefully that'll work out well. Yeah. So just make sure that website's updated to the men's health thing. Okay. In terms of the acute care, convenience care, that kind of thing. If it was me, I would just completely scrap it from your website and everything. I would just start from scratch with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you need to do a DBA, like we were talking about, you know, doing a business as just under that LLC. So basically you are essentially renaming your practice. That LLC name doesn't even matter anymore. It's just more or less for legal purposes. Okay. There is an article on the Elite MP website. So go to the Elite MP website, click all articles, and uh, there's a search function there. Type in DBA. There's an article there where I talk about how to actually do this. Okay. Like like the steps and the logistics of how to of how to do a DBA under an LLC. So follow those steps in that article. Okay. But the website's important. Make sure that it's basically rebranded completely, a new domain name. Okay. The domain name needs to be whatever menshealth.com or something. Okay. And then the website needs to be then basically it's a men's health practice now. So, you know, everything needs to be listed on the website. You know, the services that you're offering, the symptoms of low testosterone, the benefits of testosterone replacement therapy, you know, those kinds of things. At the end of this call, I'll shoot you over a um, a link to my men's health clinic site. And so if you want, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want, you can have your web designer or whoever. I mean, I don't care. You can pretty much just copy it. So um, anyways, though, but yeah, uh, I think that um, you're rebranding it. Okay. So just get that in your mind. Okay. The convenience care, acute care stuff. You know, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'd say just scrap it. I wouldn't even fool with it. That sounds like a good plan. (laughs) It's just, you know, I mean, two and a half years. Come on. (laughs) Right. Just scrap it, you know, count your losses and move on. I mean, my first practice was kind of a failure and I just kind of scrapped it and moved on. Okay. So Mm. That's business. Sometimes your first business doesn't do that well, but you getting back up and redoing it and restarting another one, that's what makes you successful. So what you're doing is a good idea. A lot of people give up after the first failure and then they wonder why they're never they're never successful and why they're never getting ahead. So, you know, just scrap it. I'm sure you learned a lot and, you know, pivot from it and start this mental health practice instead. I think it's uh I think it's probably a really good idea, a really good move. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I am. Yeah, it's a great practice. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. I think that uh, if there's no services like this in your area, I think that uh, I just don't see how it could fail. I, I don't. It's it's in demand. People want it. Mm-hmm. There's large telemedicine practices, you know, that do offer, you know, these things. And a lot of people get scared about, you know, oh, there's a lot of competition and I'm worried about 
you know, that don't worry too much about that. If you've had that fear, because men really, really like local and they would much rather support local business versus some nationwide telemedicine practice. So. Right. And this pharmacy has been in this community. It's a family pharmacy. It's not a, uh, you know, it's, it's family owned. It's been in this community for like 75 years or something. Very well known right across from the hospital. You know, it's, it's, it's a good location. It's great reputation. Um, so I'm, Perfect. I'm excited about it. Yeah, perfect. I mean, you're going to get so many patients from just that, you know, so that's one hell of an asset you got here. So you're definitely, uh, definitely fortunate for that. Do you have any, uh, any specific questions about anything else? I don't really, th- I think you really answered everything. Yeah. Okay. Plus the short call. And yeah. I think that you're pretty much on top of this. Like you're not, you're not complicating this. So that's good. You're like, you're not complicating it. People over overcomplicate this stuff. It's not, it's not complicated. So I think once you take the course, you get everything, you know, all the steps and everything, I think you'll be able to hit the ground running. I think you'll be able to probably get this open within a month if you wanted to. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. There's nothing to it. It's super easy. So, well, do you have any other questions or anything? I do. That's right. I do. So I'm with this company. So it's a nurse practitioner owned company who does the EHR and billing and all of that. All right. So I've had some issues with them and I just wanted to kind of go over that with you because I'm still working with someone there who is trying to help me get paid for stuff that was billed like last June. This was through Medicare. These people charge 15.9%. Okay. Of collections? Um, Yep. My goodness. No, absolutely not. I know. Yeah, it's very, very high. And it's just, it's like pulling teeth, getting information. It's kind of the runaround. And well, this, this isn't in here and this hasn't been uploaded. Yes, it is. You know, we just keep going around and around. It's not been a good experience. So I definitely need, I don't want to do my own billing. I've got to have some, you know, program that's EHR billing. So what do you recommend? Well, you're scrapping this. So why worry about it? Your men's health is cash only. So like, why even fool with it? I mean, it sucks that you have, you know, outstanding, you know, claims out there for insurance, but that's welcome, right. to, ins- welcome to insurance hell. That's just part right. of, that's part of, it. that's why screw insurance. That's why I say don't fool with it. You know what I mean? Well, like even though it's, uh, even though it's cash though, I will, like, if I have men who have Medicare, I have to accept. Um, no, you don't. I'm, you don't? No, you know, um, you don't. There are ways around that. Okay? okay. Yeah, there are ways around it. And listen. The majority of your patients aren't going to have Medicare, so don't worry about it, okay? okay. Like, most yep. of them are going to be between the ages of 30 and 50, all right? Okay. You might, yeah, so don't worry too much about it. You might have a couple patients here and there that might be over the age of 65. Listen, Medicare doesn't cover concierge care. It's not a covered service. So as okay. long as you are not providing covered services, you can charge mm-hmm. a Medicare patient cash. Okay. This isn't covered. I mean, unless their testosterone is legitimately under like 250 total testosterone, okay? If it's under 250, then it could be considered covered by Medicare. Gotcha. If it's 251, Medicare doesn't cover it. So it's not covered. Does that make sense? Wow. Mm-hmm. So honestly, don't don't worry too much about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. If you go to the Elite MP website again and go to the all articles, you know, you're going to search for DBA and type in Medicare as well. There's actually, uh, there's an article there where I kind of break it down. So, so don't, uh, are you talking about uh, paper charts? Is that what you're talking about? No EHR? This is crap whole thing? Or what do, you, um, what do you recommend? Well, for, for EHR, you know, uh, um, for a men's health practice, I mean, you could do paper charts if you want, but it's kind of, in, you know, it's inefficient. I would do an EMR. You know, something simple. I mean, you don't really need anything complicated here. Uh, you know, something like um, OptiMantra is pretty good. It's one of our preferred vendors. So if you go to the Elite MP website, click on the Elite MP GPO at the top there. And there's a list of vendors there that provide Elite MP members discounts. 
And so okay. you can sign up for all those vendors right there. I mean, I have it all right there for you. You can use those vendors for practically everything, EMR, pharmacies, medical supplies, whatever. Okay. So there's a preferred vendor there for an EMR. It's called OptiMantra. They're a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good EMR. You can also use something called like Simple Practice. That's a really, really super simple EMR. It's like 60 bucks a month. It costs nothing. Don't worry too much about it. I mean, an EMR is not really, it's, it's not that important. It's just, it's really not. Okay. Just get something and just go with it. You know what I mean? As long as they can chart. Oh, you document your visit. I mean, that's really all you got to do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, any other questions? No, I think that's it. Okay. Thank perfect. you. You're welcome. I like to end the episodes with you asking me a question. Do you have any, uh, have a question for me at all? Not really. You answered <laughs> everything. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So yeah, keep me up to date. And then um, if you have any other questions, just shoot me an email. I appreciate you uh, hopping on here. No, I appreciate your time so much, Justin. I do. All right. Well, thank you very much. You have a good day. Yep. You too. Thank all you. Right. Bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Jacqueline. It was kind of a shorter podcast, but that's great. You know, she's keeping this simple. That's what I want to talk about real quick. Don't complicate this stuff. It doesn't need to be complicated. Okay. When you start a practice, follow some basic steps and it doesn't need to be complicated. She's focusing on the right questions. She's focusing on the right things, you know, doing the DBA marketing, getting patients through the door. All right. That's really, really important stuff. You know, this is the thing that you need to prioritize when starting a business. You need to prioritize patient acquisition. Okay. Patients coming in the door. Got to get people through the door. You have to have revenue to operate a business. If you don't have revenue, the business is going to close. Okay. You can't be sitting here working for free. And then another thing is obviously patient care, safety. Prioritize those two things. That is what's important. What EMR you use or, you know, what the font on your website is. Like these things don't really matter that much. Get the patient through the door, see them, prescribe them, charge them. And that's pretty much it. Okay. So keep things simple. All right. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. See you guys later. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2022 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.